None can be compared with you. You are excellent. The great light of the world. The one that has come to us in power. You came into the world. You overcame the world in the midst of thick darkness. You said, for this people, the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of darkness. And darkness could not overpower you. Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you again for this evening. Thank you again for your presence with us. Thank you for your spirit in us. Thank you for the word before us as we feast from your table. Come to us again, Lord, as a father blesses his children. Deal with us accordingly. Join us to yourself, causing your light over the darkness of our lives, darkness of our situations, and bringing freedom to your people. Minister to us again this evening. May your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' most wonderful name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank the Lord again for his presence with us this evening. And uh, right from yesterday, we've been feeling his awesome presence. And I want to thank the choir for that ministration. God bless you. And bless you again. In case you didn't hear the first one I said. And bless you again. Thank you so much for lifting us and that was so wonderful. The light of the world as he lightens us up we go into the world to lighten the world. We appreciate again his grace, most reverend Dr. Iyo Chukuma, our dear father, and the Archbishop of Enugu Ecclesiastical Province and the Bishop of Enugu. I want to thank God for his life and also Mama Enugu, who was with us yesterday, we enjoyed her presence. I want to thank again the organizers of the program and our dear brother and father in God, Venerable Professor Sam and his wife, again for inviting us to be part of this wonderful, unique experience this weekend in the Chapel of His Resurrection want to thank you so much. It's an experience we'll never forget. Thank you for all your cares. Thank you for everything you have made available for us this weekend. Particularly you that is seated there carrying your whole self to this place. Shelving some appointments. Shelving some important things to be in the presence of God. May the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. You are the light of the world. Yesterday we flashed through the content of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, from where the theme of this revival was taken. We established something yesterday. And that is that the matters of eternity 
And principles of God's kingdom require undistracted posture and a concentration. In matters of eternity and the principles of God's kingdom require undistracted posture and a concentration. So that when we are discussing God's kingdom, the kingdom that has the king, the domain that has the king as God, it requires a concentration, it requires a listening ear, it requires a proper posture. So that we do not toy with eternity or eternal matters at the expense of your soul. We discover that all the things we are running about to get for which so many people have abandoned the church, abandoned the Lord, and they are there busy pursuing this and pursuing that and pursuing that. Jesus simply said, oh, you miss the priority. Just seek God's kingdom. Those other things will come. It's very simple. Just seek his kingdom. The owner of the kingdom knows your needs. Knows my needs. Seek his kingdom. And your needs will be connected. So that in the process of seeking God's own kingdom, we yield to him, we submit to him, we gaze at him, we concentrate. Every other thing shall be added unto you. A young man meets a young girl and said, we're going to marry. And two of them have, have accepted that they are going to marry. And already before their picture, before them lies a picture of, yes, they are going to stay together on one bed, in a particular room, in a beautiful house, with a car, having children, meeting from time to time, even sexually from time to time. But these people don't want to wait for that time to come. They begin to sleep around. They begin to touch. They begin to eat the thing before the time. When already, before their very eyes, there is a very big, big picture. They're going to live as long as the Lord will give them life. They're going to stay together. They will travel together, live together, enjoy together, have children together. That's a very big picture. Very, very big picture. But no, impatience won't allow them. Impatience is very, very deadly. It's a canker worm. They begin to meet in dark places. They haven't done traditional marriage. They haven't done wedding. They begin to sleep around. 
And by the time they eventually marry, they discover that that thing for which they were rushing, rushing, rushing to do, the thing is just there, bracketed. The man is even tired sometimes, the girl is even tired sometimes, but they were rushing. You'll be asking yourself, why were we rushing over this thing? Since this thing is just there every day, why were you rushing over these things? For which some people have made shipwreck of the relationship, shipwreck of the marriage, shipwreck of trust, shipwreck of confidence. Some even lost the relationship. Some even lost the marriage in the process. In the process. So when the Bible says, seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, every other thing, all those things you think you are looking for, you will have it in abundance. Oh, in abundance. So that in marriage counseling or marriage seminar, we appeal to young people, just be patient. Just, just, just don't, don't, don't be in a haste. Preserve your bodies. Make it a living sacrifice. Prepare for it. Don't rush. Whether your pastor is there or not. Whether your parents are there or not. Whether the counselor is there or not. Just be patient. All other things shall be added unto you. Don't be quick to get into premarital sex. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Preserve yourself for your bed. No matter how much the man threatens, if we don't sleep together, I will not marry you. I need to test. I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know this. I need to study you. We need to understand ourselves. We need to, yes, understand in every other aspect, but leave my privacy. If you want to carry prestige, let the young man know. Avoid my privacy for now until we get married. Oh, he will respect you. Don't think that when you say that, you say, okay, since you don't want, let me go and look for somebody else. Allow him to look for somebody else. Keep your privacy. You are God's package. God's package sent into the world. A woman is God's package delivered handed down to the world. So don't shatter it. Don't open it before the time. Well, this is not my seminar. We must go on. So every other thing shall be added. Every other thing shall be added. We're going to be a wealthy man. Every other thing shall be added. Seek first God's kingdom. You're looking for a child. Just look up to God. Look up to God. Avoid all these other prophets and prophetesses. All those who tell you, bring this and bring that. Let me pray for you. Use this and use this and use that. Just wait for God's own time. Children are coming. Just wait for them. Wait for them. They are coming. You are looking for admission. And the man says, until you come and we sleep together. Until you do this and do that. I'm telling you, just seek first the kingdom. That admission, you will get it. You're looking for a job? They say, until you do this, until you do that, seek first the kingdom. Every other thing shall be added unto you. you get a better one. God's kingdom. This morning at the leadership forum, we looked at the standard for model leadership. 
and we saw the style of Jesus, our Savior, our leader, our Redeemer. And we also saw the style of Apostle Paul. We try to look at a sculptor, an artist. You want him to do something for you. He desires a model who is standing so that I can take a picture of him. Is there any picture you are presenting? And a person attempts to draw you, attempts to mold you, and present you as you are. A model. Jesus is our picture. Jesus is our model. Perfect model. And so in leadership, we look at the style of Jesus. Apostle Paul looked at the style of Jesus. That is, ensuring that Jesus is imparted in the life of believers before they are assigned the responsibilities. Before they are given something to do. Before they are asked to do this or to do that. Even ushers or stewards or sisters and men, as we call them, that Jesus planted into them for their given assignments. An usher can drive somebody from the church, an usher can send somebody away from the presence of God, an usher. I was meeting with uh, ushers one day. We were doing some discussions, lessons about ushering in the church. And I said to them, when somebody comes to church, maybe the person is a new person, doesn't even know where to sit. And you have led the person, you have led the person, he has followed you, followed you, you just say, oh yeah, Go there and sit. Go there and sit. Just go there. Go there. Go there. Go there. Anywhere there. Just go there and sit. Then he said, "Where am I sitting now?" I said, you, you, "You know the seat." I said, "Go there and sit. Go there and sit." He said, "Where do you want me to sit now?" People are are filled everywhere. He be like, "Say you know, get Iba." I said, "Go there and sit. Don't you go and push some people over there." That person is enough to drive that new person from the church. Is it possible? But when you meet ushers that are milk, that are humble, ushers that know what to do, they will just lead the person, take the person. If they discover that it's a new person, they may even ask, please, mommy, would you like to shift a bit for this young man or this young girl to sit? Please, mommy, or can I give you another seat? Let's have this new person sit where you are sitting. It will be her responsibility to arrange to package that new person. Maybe mommy may decide to move and sit somewhere. The same usher will take it as her responsibility to give mommy a better place to sit and bring the newcomer where he wants him to sit or wants her to sit. The person will be happy sitting here. And she goes back and waits for another person. Before he brings in another person, he will check where there are spaces. Where there are spaces. The usher knows that there are some stubborn members who don't want to go inside. She will know how to address them. Please, mommy, would you like to shift inside a bit so that this new person can sit where you are sitting? 
or can you please move your leg so that she can go inside if the person that he's talking to is a very stubborn type who will say i'm not shifting anywhere i came here before the person i did this and that. you know there are people like that in the church they are just silly they are just silly or you fold your leg now so the person will go inside he said no i want to stretch my legs here as if she came with that chair But you know, a responsible and a humble usher, you know, her target is just to make sure that that new person, the person that has just come, receives a good, soft landing, a good welcome. She will know how to manage that stubborn member at the end to find a place for the other person to sit. If you ever go to a program and meet a very bad usher. <laughs> you will hate that program. Before the end of that program. <laughs> the way the usher will treat you. Especially when she's tired. Or he's tired. He's just there. You know that place is eating something. And you come to complain over something. Hmm. He said I go die for now for this church. Will I die for you Paul in this church? Uh, who is asking you to die in the church? Because you are doing or shouldn't work. Sometimes it is what the person has carried from home. Sometimes because of the way somebody else treated him or treated her when the person was coming into the church. So he quickly would transfer the same aggression to he's just waiting for another person to come in. So you poor have come again to kill me in this church, but it's always aggressive. So even an usher, somebody who is the servant oh, needs this impartation of Christ that's why in Acts chapter 6 when they were complaining and complaining widows were complaining about the distribution of food Peter said no 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 no. we don't need to complain here choose seven men among you seven men and those seven men must come from among you you know your faces. You know who has a hot temper. You know all the people around you. Just choose people. We are not going to do the choosing. You will do the choosing. Of course, he only gave the qualification. The person must be filled with the Holy Spirit. The person must have a good report. The person must have an experience. Person, just that qualification. Of course they chose. Stephen was there. Philip was there. At least we heard about Stephen and Philip to confirm that these people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were to serve tables. They were to do ushering work. They were to wash plates. They were to help to serve the food. They were to help to sit people so that they can eat. So, People who were to wash plates and serve tables were expected to be filled with the Holy Spirit of good reports. So we still have a long way to go. When we are choosing ushers, when we are choosing those who will run around, when we are choosing those who will be able to, uh, those in welfare department, if these people are supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's very, very important because of relationship. 
Because if somebody is serving carnally, he will keep quarreling with members of the church. Keep driving some people out from the church. You just see his face alone. Instead of taking the shorter cut, you take a longer route. Because you don't want to meet the person again. You don't want to meet him again. A person may get a bad mouth. Every small thing, sharp knife from the tongue. Every small thing, you just abandon whatever she's doing there. Say, come and carry me again. Carry her bag and go. Call her for meeting. He's not interested. Retreat. He's not interested. All he wants is just to be standing there and abusing people. Feed with the Holy Spirit. Having Jesus. So that whatever somebody is doing in the church, he needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He needs seeking God's kingdom. He needs to have Jesus imparted, imparted in him. There are some things we discuss about parenting, discuss so much about young people. But one of the things, one of the things I feel led to say to our beloved brothers and sisters, young people, is that in the midst of all your stress and distress, emotional trauma, confusion, indecision, always try to speak out. Always try to speak out. Sometimes a girl wouldn't know who to talk to. She's shy. The mother is not showing a good friendly face. The father's face is like that of the lion. She doesn't know who to talk to. And yet she is under tension. She has a lot of pressure coming, coming onto her, coming against her, maybe from the school or from the neighborhood. She's thinking of who to talk to. Who will I talk to? There is no friendliness from the home. Find somebody to confide in. Speak out. Speak out. That's why you see sometimes they will avoid parents. They will avoid their siblings and go outside to tell somebody else. Speak out. You have about three persons seeking for your hand in marriage. Five persons at the same time seeking for your hand in marriage and you are totally confused. You don't even know what to do. Maybe your friend is suggesting to you, ah, accept that person. Accept the other one. Accept the other one. Maybe three of your friends are recommending three persons differently. You are confused. And the prayer, you know Sabi pray. That wasn't the matter. Oh, you must find somebody to talk with. You must have a confidence. Don't get lost in the midst of your confusion. Young person, speak out. Even a boy, don't think you can do it. I know how to talk. Is it not just talk to the girl that I want to marry her? What is here? I must talk. At the point you seek, seek counsel. Ask questions. Pray. Pray. Ask the Lord. What do I do? Who do I choose? There are five girls before me. There are three girls before me. There are two girls before me. You can't marry the two at the same time. You can't marry the three at the same time. Seek answer. For the girl, pray. If you tell somebody I want to pray, pray. Really pray. Take your time to pray. Because it's a very big journey. It's a big journey. It's a journey that will determine so many things about your future. 
Including the future of your children. Your children. You fall into wrong, wrong hand. And you deliver three children or four children or five children. While the man is still alive. He has abandoned the whole children to you. Busy drinking here and there, chasing other women, and in your presence, bringing some other women in your presence inside the same room with your children you are struggling with. Bring school fees. No, he has used the money to settle the concubines. You see why the Bible talks about unequal yoke. That's why Christians must seek to marry Christians, believers must seek to marry believers. These things are said because the scriptures have said them. God who sees ahead of us advises us, commands us. So don't just go and fall into any wrong hand and find yourself imprisoned for the rest of your years in life. We feel for some of our daughters, somebody who is just coming from a home where she's being petted, where the parents have so much loved her, siblings loved her, everybody had loved her. She's just a second mother in that home. All of a sudden, one, one, one man from somewhere will just camouflage to become angel, will just come from somewhere and then pick this girl. By the time you know it, sorrow has begun in the family. Because the man's heart has not been touched. We're just only looking for somebody, a sex partner to get. And that's all. As soon as the girl comes into his home or into his house, finish. He said, I've gotten what I wanted. I've gotten what I wanted. You find him chasing women here and there. You find him spending money at random. And the girl is suffering. The wife is suffering at home. These things are very important. Leadership training, raising people to know their positions, raising young girls, raising our young men to know what they should do when it comes to choice of life partner. However, speak out when you have confusion. Don't bottle up some things. You find some people committing suicide. Find some people drinking all kinds of drinking poison to die before their time. You find some jumping into the river to die. No, speak out. Those people who kill themselves are committing suicide. It's because they didn't know the principle of speaking out. Speak out. Somebody must be there to listen to you. Even if it means going outside your parents to find a confidence in the church or even in the school. It could even be your lecturer. At the time, your head is full. You don't know what to say. don't know what to do. Everywhere is scatter, scatter, scatter for you. Find somebody to talk with. Don't go and do any silly thing or take any decision or drink anything so that your head will cool. It's not cooling anything. Find somebody to talk with. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I am the light of the world. Tell your neighbor, you are the light of the world. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. The gospel of Jesus according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. 
We're going to read together again. The Bible is there. Open that Bible. I want you to open the Bible. Shall we read together from verse 14? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp to put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. In verse 13, Jesus talks about salt. You are the salt of the earth. You are the taste of the earth. The world or the earth is tasteful because of your presence. The family is testing good because of your presence. The department tests good because of your presence. When you are there in the meeting, your suggestions, your brilliant ideas, your godliness is brought to bear because you carry the salt. And from 14, it talks about light. You are the light of the world. You are the radiation. You are the illumination. You are the one. You, you are the vision. You are the sight. It is through you that the world sees. It is through you that those around you see. The light of the world. You are the window. You are the opener. I am the window of the world. I am the window of the community. I am the window of the class. Because of what God has done in me and done in you. And this is one thing that Jesus will want us to know. That wherever we are, we are the light. Or we should be the light. Or we're supposed to be the light. Or we must be the light. The light of the world. Jesus will never speak about light without comparison. Without bearing in mind darkness. John chapter 8, verse 12. Please join me to John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, we shall read together. Shall we go? Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, shall have the light. This is Jesus himself speaking. He said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never do what? Huh? You didn't answer me. Whoever follows me will never do what? Good. Will never walk in darkness. But he will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. But he will have the light of life. So when Jesus said, he is the light of the world, and then comes back to say, you are the light of the world. Like today I said, any contradiction? No. Jesus made a sense. He is the light of the world. We are also the light of the world. Let's continue the journey. John chapter 1. I have a journey of scriptures this night. John chapter 1. Reading from verse 1 to 4. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. When you are reading, please do your best to read up a bit. Just increase your volume a bit. I want to hear your beautiful voices. Oh yeah, let's read. One to go. In the beginning was the world, and the world was with God, and the world was God. It was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and darkness does not comprehend it. So beautiful. In him was life. Remember this word, life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Please, listen to me very well. I like the combination of this program. It is both revival and teaching. It's just, just revival. If it is revival, maybe I'm moving from this end to this end. Sometimes I will go down there. Sometimes I will hit this side. We also know how to do that charismatic preaching. But it's also a revival and teaching at the same time. So just follow as we go. First he said, in him, in the word, in Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. Your light. And the light shines in the darkness. And darkness does not comprehend it. This is wonderful. Let's continue. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 19. John chapter 3 from verse 19. Oh yeah, let's read up now. One, two, go. Condemnation. And the light has come into the world. A man loved darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Verse 20. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest deeds should be exposed. 21. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. 
that they have been done in God. Hallelujah. This is like a song on lights. Talking about light. Importance of light. And how we get light. One word that stands in between all the scriptures we have read on the light and the life is the word beget. B-E-G-E-T. Everybody say beget. Good. Beget, that is to produce, to give birth to. In other words, the life of Jesus begets light. Life begets light. Life gives birth to light. The light we carry that should be able to touch a suit, touch departments, touch your family as a husband and a wife, touch your friends, the light you carry has its source from somewhere. It flows from somewhere. It flows from a life. There's a particular life you are carrying that has made you to become light. That's how you can come into a place and ah, they begin to watch. See you. Look at. His life has changed. Though. You see yourself touching lives, touching people and they are following you. You see yourself living a different life. They are able to testify that something new, something different is happening in the life of this man. He has become light. People want to come around him. They want to associate with him. They want to keep some things with him. They want to commit some responsibility in his hand. They want to give him money to keep. If it's a girl that has just come in, Within a space of time, she changes that environment with the aroma of her life. Oh, that thing is coming from somewhere. There is a place she is tapping from. There is a place he is tapping from. He's, he drawing from somewhere. There is a source. There is a source. Physicists will tell us what happens before light comes here. It's not just having a bulb. Having a bulb is not enough to produce light. Am I correct? No, it's not enough. If you like, fill the whole of this house with bulb. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't qualify 1,000 bulbs to give light here. There must be a connection. Something must be connected, 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 and at the end, a switch must be touched. Um, look, how many seconds does it take? Physicists will tell us. Just a switch, a switch you have touched. Um, like this. Light will just come via. No, how many? It's not seconds. I'm not talking about seconds. Which one is below seconds, I beg? Within a twinkling of an eye, light will come there. The bulbs are tapping from something. There is a connection. 
wire upon wire upon wire upon wire upon wire upon wire I'm all the wire, this wire, this wire, this stuff, this, this and that before light comes. My brothers and sisters, the same thing happens in our relationship with Jesus. He said, in him was life. And the life became the light of men. In other words, his life begets the life of men. The light of men. That's why we can shine. That's why we are able to shine. In other words, it is not enough to just say, you are the light of the world. Okay. And so what? And so what? It's not enough to tell somebody, you are the light of the world. It's not enough for me to claim, I am the light of the world. No. Sitting in Biapala, sitting with prostitutes, doing all kinds of things, living my life, saying anyhow. I say I'm the light of the world. I mean, how? How? It's not possible. It's just a mere show. But when the word begets, comes in, it changes the scenario. Life that begets light. A life that is drawn from somewhere that changes. One of my greatest testimonies as a preacher is evangelist Kayode Williams. If I say, talk about Kayode Williams every day, every day, still I will not be satisfied. Kayode Williams, Kayode Williams. Right from the time I knew about his testimony, Right from the time I read about Coyote Williams, I have never stopped talking about how the light of the gospel can change a man who has received the life of Christ. In the days of Anini, of Benin, then, people like Coyote Williams were those that were trained by him. A notorious armed robber in this country that had killed so many people. He was a customer to so many Nigerian prisons. Until finally, Kayode Williams found himself in Sokoto prison. That was his last imprisonment as God designed it for him. How did it happen? Somebody entered that prison with life. Everybody say life. Somebody entered the prison with life. I'm talking about the gospel. That wasn't the first time Kayode was seeing people in prison fellowship. That wasn't the first time Kayode was hearing people in church. And that was not the first time Kayode would hear anything about Jesus or even go to church. But that day was different. Exceptionally different. The gospel came to Kayode in power. Kayode received Jesus right inside prison. The notorious criminal, armed robber, noted for criminality, noted for killings in this country. Kayode received Jesus. Just within, within the prison there. He didn't go to any cathedral. He wasn't visited by any bishop or archbishop. Just a small evangelist. That brought the gospel of life to Kayode. The thing broke the man. 
was exposed. He received Jesus. He wept for his sins. All the notorious things he had done in this country. He joined prison fellowship from there. Not too long from that time, Kaede was released. So Kaede came out from the prison carrying light. Carrying light. Becoming a new person entirely. He wasn't the old Kaede that entered prison. He wasn't the old Kaede that was a customer to so many Nigerian prisons. He came out a new person. He came out with the Bible in his hands. He came out with a confession that Jesus is powerful. From that point, he became a radical evangelist. He began to talk to his old friends. He began, to, he began right inside the prison to speak to all the notorious criminals who were there with him. Telling them his journey so far. How far he had terrorized, killed, maimed, stolen, brought sorrow to so many Nigerians. But that he had made up his mind to change. Because life was coming to him. He came out and became an evangelist. Today, Kayode has a very big church. He's an ordained minister. He talks about his old life. He speaks about the testimony of his life. Kayode Williams. You need to read about Kayode Williams. All the things he did. And how light came to him. How he tapped from life. That's exactly what happens. When something happens. The life of Jesus in us. Begets light. Stop wondering why your father is the way he is. Stop wondering why your husband is the way he is. There is no magic. In fact, he can't fake it. He can only fake religion, but he can never fake new life. Stop wondering. That's the natural man. Even if he's going to church, that's not the issue. He can only fake religion. He can put a mask on his face. He can be in the church. He can be a member of the council. Stop wondering why that woman is filled with activities in the church and yet her life has not even changed. Every day she's in the church. Every day in the church. Every day fellowship. Every day vigil. But her life hasn't changed. No magic performs that. She hasn't tapped from the life of Christ. She can fake everything through religious activities and the uniform of the women and all kinds of things women do in our church. She can't fake new life. She can't fake new life. why your pastor is not firing up. Why, why the church is not growing. Stop worrying. Don't be surprised why a pastor is, is committing sexual immorality. Chasing women. 
In fact, if you are a girl and the pastor has approached you, don't be surprised. He can't fake new life. He can only fake religion by his titles and vestments and training and certificate and the church office and whatever. He can never fake new life. So, the natural pastor can commit fornication, commit adultery, can chase girls, can take anybody to a hotel. The natural pastor can steal the money of the church. The natural pastor can do anything, can hit hand on the table for the, the PCC meeting. The natural pastor can abandon the church. Natural pastor cannot, uh, nothing touches him when the church is not growing. He doesn't visit. If he visits, he's visiting for something that will enter his pocket. As a natural pastor. He can't fake new life. He can only fake religion. So don't bother. Like, I will always say, you, we don't have a dead church. There is no dead church. Initially, they used to say, Anglican church is a dead church. Hey, Methodist church is a dead church. All these dead churches. That was when, what our Pentecostal brethren were saying to us at that time. They didn't know that. You don't have anything like that church. The church is a mystic institution. It does not die. It doesn't die. What begets the church is a red hot Pentecostalism that begets the church. So it doesn't die. The church, church is standing on a red hot stone. The foundation is solid. Church doesn't die. I don't know about any dead church but I know of dead pastors. Are you hearing me? I know of dead pastors. Even when a dead pastor is in a church it doesn't make that church that, that church is not dead. No, 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 no. no. The church doesn't die. The church can lose membership. Yes, you don't call it dead. The church can be slow in activities and dull in things they are doing because of the leadership, so you don't call it dead church. No, it's not, it's not dead yet. What does it take? The pastor met about 500 persons in the church. And maybe after one year, there were 300 now. After another year again, 200 members. 200 already left because of his style of leadership. After another year, only 100 members remain. Even the 100 members are shaking. Yet yeah, the church is not dead. What does it take? Bring another pastor that has drunk from the river of life. Bring another pastor that is connected, that has carried life and light. Place him in that same church that you think is dead of 100 persons. And they were showing that before, Pastor, we were 500 persons in this church. Oh, the whole place would be full. Church was lively. And now we are only 100. Oh. He would just tell you, don't worry. Because he's carrying life. He's carrying light. Give him six months in that church. Come back again and count the number. Give him one year in that church. Come back again and count the number. Are you understanding me? Am I talking to people? So there is no dead church. It's not dead church. So that you can sit under a pastor, you are busy committing adultery, 
The pastor doesn't care. All he wants is your money. No, don't worry. You're sitting under that pastor. He doesn't visit. Each time he visits, he's only visiting you because of card for luncheon, card for harvest, what he wants to get. But somebody else comes. That what pastor I'm talking about comes. Look, he will look at you face to face. Say, Oga, today I'm not here for your money. Do you know Jesus? I saw the way you are, you are you were behaving the other time during the meeting. Did you attend the follow-up class? Chief, please, I, I discovered that you have two wives, chief, or three wives even. And you are coming to take Holy Communion in the church, chief. You stop from today, chief, please. Chief, you stop from today. Chief may spark Chief may withdraw all the support he's given in the church. Oh, yes. But the one that will communicate the truth is on ground. He will look at that woman and say, Ah, mother, why are you fighting your husband now? You're a daughter of God, a daughter of Zion. Madam, why? He plans a program in conjunction with his wife. For that woman. He looks at the young people in the church and sets a program for young people in the church. The young people he met maybe were about 20 persons or 30 persons in the church. But he sets up a program for young people in the church. Within six months, young people will feel everywhere in the church. That's the man that is carrying life. That's a man that is carrying life. He looks at the old people. He has a program for old people, men and the women. You see, people finding interest in the church. He venerates the pulpit. This pulpit. He so lifts it up in such a way that he places people where they belong and takes the word of God higher than the people higher than the pews higher than the rich men in the church he may be a small man by stature but what is inside of him is huge he takes the word of God so high to the pinnacle so that everybody comes under the word of God everybody is afraid everybody is shaking you see wanting to find solution to their problems because he has taken the word of God, taken the word of God so high. We had a rich man in one of our churches where I served before. Well, according to the grade of the community, he was rich. Because he has contacted overseas, lived there for so many years. And I came down to Nigeria and established. And it was a night of the church. At a point, he went and brought another wife outside his own wife and complained the wife did this, the wife did this. Wife. I said, No, sir, you are, you are a knight of the church. You shouldn't do this. 
What is the problem you have with your wife that you did not allow us to look into? That's making you to bring in another woman when your wife is still there. He said, after all, his father, how many wives did he marry? I sent the president of the knights, one of the school members of the knights, go and talk with him. Didn't want to listen to anybody. So I now told the pastors, from that day, he ceased to take Holy Communion. He no longer be a member of the diocesan board or diocesan synod until he retraced his steps. So that day in the cathedral, he came as usual and came to take Holy Communion. Of course, the priest in the cathedral knew that the bishop had said no more Holy Communion for him. So when he came to take Holy Communion, they took bread, came to where he was kneeling, they passed him and gave to those who were beside him. He was just there, he was confused. They brought wine again for communion. When they came to his point, they bypassed him and gave wine to those who were beside him. Until all of them took their bread and their wine and rose up and went back, he was still kneeling there, waiting for his bread and wine. The pastors said no. He was ashamed. He rose up shamefully to go back. He was staggering. A big man in the church. From that day, he knew that the church was not a club. His perception of the church changed. Yes, he withdrew his resources. But it didn't make any difference. I mean, it didn't make any difference. The word of God was simply lifted above chiefs. Lifted above other human beings. And placed where it's supposed to be. That is life and light in the church. So when Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. He's simply saying, because I have breathed into you life, you are carrying light. So that anywhere you are, you are the light. Husbands, you are the light. Wives, you are the light. Children, light. You find yourself in any place because you are carrying the life of God. Oh, you become the light of men. Become the light of men. I like the, the part B of that verse 4 of John chapter 1. He said, And the light shines upon darkness, and darkness does not overpower it. Darkness does not comprehend it. That's very instructive. Listen to me. Young people, you listen, listen. Every young man, young girl, listen to me. You get converted and you are carrying life and there was a curse placed on you as a girl, maybe, by your forefathers. They took your name. 
not your name, now maybe your mother or whoever, to the shrine to pour some libations and do some incantations that that family will never have a girl that will marry, never have a girl that will give birth, never have any success at all. And here you are, a girl, you have repented, you are giving your life to Jesus, you are carrying the light. And you are in the midst of darkness. In the midst of those causes poured on you. That you will never marry, you will never be this, you will never be that, you will never succeed. Even if you marry, you will not go get child or whatever it is. This is where that scripture works. Because you are carrying a light that can never be overpowered by, by darkness. Because of the light you are carrying, <laughs> you begin to pray. You now have connections with brethren who pray with you. That's when chains are broken. That's when causes are revoked. So that they watch the girl that they have placed a curse on who would never have married. They see the girl getting married. They watch the woman they said will never give birth to any child at all. Oh, they see the woman giving birth. They watch the family they say nobody will raise any head of success in that family. How come that their child has finished NYAC now is working somewhere, they will be placed in some kind of wonderment. You know the reason? They are carrying lights that darkness can never overpower. And they will carry your name to different places to make uh, their sacrifice. And they're mentioning your name, mentioning your name, uh, they will bring uh, the feather of um, the feather of pigeon. Or the feather of cockroach, or the feather of anything, and they put blood around and they mention your name. Say this name. In fact, we'll never see better. This name, you know, those things they say. But as they are saying it, they are not referring to you, they are referring to the light you carry. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. They are referring to the light you are carrying. Look, not you. You are insignificant about it. My name is Henry Okechuku Okeke. Look, when witches and wizards are mentioning my name, I am insignificant in their scheme. They are simply addressing the light I am carrying. The same thing applies to you. If your name is uh, Jacob, your name is uh, Chijoke, your name is Lisbeth, your name is Beatrice, your name is anything. When the witches and the wizards or cultic people, they are placing your name on magic board, I'm telling you, they are not referring to you. They are ignorantly referring to the light you are carrying. And that light, Bible says, darkness can never, never overpower it. That's why like mommy was sharing this afternoon, they mentioned the person's name, somebody else will be appearing. Huh? They say, who are you? Witches will be asking, who are you? Native doctors will be asking, who are you? All those who have taken your name to native doctors, Ah, so that you will die, your children will die, your child will not complete the NYAC he has attended to. They will see him koro koro with their eyes. The child will finish and carry polo of NYAC and return home. <laughs> and they will be wondering. They'll be wondering. They say, ah, 
Is it just to enter medical school? No, Biam. Let him pass on a lesson. Let him go for induction. Let's, let us see. And they will carry their pot, pot of uh, pot of juju and everything. Go to some places and they're making incantations and pouring libations and speaking and speaking, doing their sacrifice and everything. That is going to die in a suit. Is going to die doing this. They will see you that day, passing out with colors, with under induction. Going to do your house job, coming out, finishing your NYAC, becoming the commissioner for health somewhere. <laughs> they, they will be wondering. They will just be wondering. Native doctor, I bet it's no work. I bet the goat we brought, no, it's no come up, baby. What, what's actually happening? I thought we made a sacrifice. I thought we paid you goat, paid for blood, paid for this. So that that girl will die in school. That boy will die in school. I am telling you this evening, they are not referring to you. They are referring to the light you are carrying. That's what they are referring to. That's why it's difficult to kill any child of God. Oh, it's very difficult. All of you that are here, if God opens your eyes to see how many places you have been tried, where they have taken your names to, names of your parents, how they have set their, laid their ambush, set all kinds of traps against you, you will marvel. There are so many things God doesn't reveal to us to see. Because you are carrying light. If you are a child of God, you are carrying light. That's why the foundation, the beginning is somebody surrendering his life to Jesus and contacting, contacting the life. It is in contacting the life that you become the light carrier, the light of the world. Look, when the Bible talks about the light of the world, it doesn't mean that you, that is here in a suit, that the whole world, you are the light of the whole world. It's simply saying that wherever you go, you are the light there. Whatever your name is mentioned, they are talking about lights. Anything you lay your hands to do is light. You enter the midst of occultic people, light has come. They invoke your name, they wouldn't find anything. You are in the same hostel with them, they are not at ease. You start praying when they are doing their magic things and incantations, they are not at ease. Because you are carrying light that can never, never, never be overpowered by darkness. Hallelujah. Are you connected? Are you connected? Are you connected? Are you a child of God? Or are you just a religious person? Are you celebrating religion? Stop celebrating religion. Celebrate life. Celebrate the life of Jesus. We want to close with John chapter 4. Please go back to John. John chapter 4. You know, I'm going to pray for people this evening at the end of this message and tomorrow morning 
be praying specifically for young people. Young people. In the service tomorrow morning. John chapter 4. Have you found verse 28? Huh? Alright. We'll be reading together again. 28 to 30. John chapter 4. 28 to 30. Shall we read on now? The woman left her water pot. Went her way into the city. I said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out on their way and came to him. Amen? Go to verse 40. 40 to 42. Let's read on now. So, when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have had him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Fantastic story. That woman... The Samaritan woman contacted life. The kind of life has never met before. Light, life was injected into her to become the light of the community. The Bible says that by the time she finished with Jesus, she left her water pot there. She forgot her water pot there. In fact, the original story was, give me water let me drink water. And ended with the living water. Everybody say living water. living water. That story ended with living water. Jesus gave her living water. In fact, she left the water pot. Ran into the community. Her message was very simple. Come and see. Even if there is nothing you can do in the church to be part of kingdom building, let it be your message. Come and see. Come to church. That message was very simple. She didn't need to quote any part of Deuteronomy from the scroll because she didn't know. Just come and see. We challenge ourselves in the morning here to stop becoming bench warmers in the church. Be active member, active member of the church. Bring people into the church. Witness to people. Tell somebody about yourself. Tell somebody about your salvation. Your salvation. Even if you can't quote from Genesis or Revelation or Deuteronomy or Romans or anything, the testimony of your salvation is enough to bring somebody to the Lord. I have always shared the testimony of my conversion. I have always shared the man that inspired me. The man that inspired me just about a few days ago, after so many, so many years, I was able to get his phone number. His name is Patrick Cano. He's going to school then. We were calling him Oscar DJ. Oscar DJ was a ruffian. Oscar DJ was so many things to so many girls in our school. Was a very dangerous human being. But he contacted life. He contacted life. 
We couldn't believe seeing Oscar DJ going from hostel to hostel with the Bible. Talking in his shirt. Oscar DJ to talking in his shirt. Somebody who was, in fact, a terror to teachers was talking about his new life. Huh. I said, is the world coming to an end? See Oscar DJ talking about Jesus, telling people to be born again. Oscar DJ. We called him Oscar DJ because he was in charge of everything. Music, rapping of music, inviting people, organizing disco, bringing in girls from other schools, bringing boys to march. All manner of things Oscar DJ was doing in the school. Sometimes he will organize outside the school. Oscar DJ had contacted life. I said, this one, a different, you know. I said, if somebody like Oscar DJ would give his life to Christ and be born again, <laughs> what are we doing? That was how so many of us, young people, young people, took decision for Christ. We took decision for Christ. But when finally I got him, just a few days ago, he's now in Port Harcourt, he's a pastor too. We talked about old good days. We talked about former lives. talked about so many things. So many things. Because you must strike a difference between your old life and your new life. Otherwise, nothing has happened. If you can't strike a difference between what you used to do and what you are doing now, no life has been contacted. There's a great change since I knew the Lord. There is a great change since I knew the Lord. There is a great change since I knew the Lord. There is a great change since I knew the Lord. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I used to do, I do them no more. There is a great change since I'm born again. The place I used to go, I go them no more. The place I used to go, I go them no more. Know how to quote all the scriptures, your friends should be able to understand your testimony. Oh, they say we are in this a suit with this girl, we knew her life before. Oh, we are in the office with this man, we knew his life before. Listen, this man is saying is correct, something would have happened in his life. That's the testimony. That's the testimony. Is that woman? Oh, we knew this woman before. This woman used to be a scorpion. Or something else has happened to the life of this woman. Your husband will be testifying. Your children will be testifying. Your mates, your, 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 your friends will be testifying. Those in the neighborhood will be testifying the same thing. That something has happened. Something has happened. Something has happened. 
The woman left her water pots, jumped into the community, and said to them, Come and do what? Come and see. The man who had told me everything that I have ever been. The man who had discovered that I have married five husbands. Even the one I am living now is not my husband. How did this man get this revelation? Something has happened. Come and see the Messiah. Of course, they ran to see the Messiah. And by the time they came back from verses 40 to 42, they said to the woman, we now believe. Not because of what you told us. We have seen with our koro koro eyes. This man is the Messiah. They contacted something. Contacted something. Listen to me. I'm not going to deceive you. I'm an Anglican bishop. Will not deceive you at all. So when we say that some people are just bench warmers in our churches who come to take Holy Communion from us, they come here solemnly, they need them, give them Holy Communion. The same human beings that ate from the pot of God, we still go back and eat from the pot of the devil. They bring causes upon themselves. They eat double. They come and receive holy communion from us. From us. And go back and carry the juju of their of their community during festivities. They use charms around people that are carrying holy communion. Oh Jesus. The same people we wait. That's why during dedication of a church. We consecrate this place as a place where we join people in holy matrimony. People will come here and kneel down. We join them in holy matrimony. And they do their vows. I give you this ring as a sign of our marriage. With my body, I honor you. All that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. Within the love of God the Father. Son and the Holy Spirit and the church will echo Amen. And the man will hold the woman. He said, I take you to be my wife from this day forward, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, to have and to hold until we are parted by death. According to God's holy law, this is my solemn vow. And the priest will use his stole, stole, and tie the hands of the two of them. And say, now that Henry and Julie have consented to give themselves to uh, this holy matrimony, by the giving and receiving of these things, we declare that they are husband and wife. And we lift their hands and we say, those whom God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Look. That five to ten minute ceremony you see us do here, that drama you see us do here, angels are on guard as witnesses. The same man will come out tomorrow. He's searching for a beautiful girl. Searching for a beautiful girl. The wife is at home. He has forgotten the vow, the vow he took before God in the altar. 
He has forgotten that dramatic experience. All the vows, all the tying of their hands with the stool, all the proclamations, all the declarations, all the vows, all the commitment. The same man will be sleeping with other girls. The same man will be requesting girls to sleep with them, giving them complimentary cards to sleep with, sleep with him before they are awarded marks. The same man that came to the altar before the priest or before the bishop. That's why some are sick and nobody will heal them. That's why some cannot progress because they have touched the untouchable. They broke covenants. They bastardized the covenant. But they don't know. That's how we talk about life. Contacting life. Contacting life. Contacting life. Like what I said in the morning. Were you see men that are responsible anywhere they travel to? Whether their wives are there or not, they respect the covenant. You see wives who are responsible anywhere they travel to whatever it is being the need of the hour. They respect the covenant made in front of the altar. It doesn't matter who wants to give them anything. You have never met married women before corrupt, immoral lecturers. Married women who are responsible Christians, responsible mothers, and wives who fear the Lord. And when the lecturer is messing up before them, he will say, you, 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 think, you think I'm a small girl? Is it because you see me in the school here? You think I'm a small girl? My husband is at home. In fact, he's even in the car waiting for me. So you look at me, I just look at a girl, you can just go and climb on one bed because of Max, because of the project I'm writing, following you here and there able to approve my project that's why you're giving me a complimentary card to meet you in a hotel when you meet when you meet such women you know that paper day paper day but the problem is lack of life because before you think about light that must shine there must be life must be life. Somebody must contact life. It is that life that is the engine. That life is the engineer. That life is the one, the pumper. That one, that life is the catalyst. Catalyst is pushing. It's working in the child. It's working in the woman. It's working in the man so that he does not fail. The life works day and night. The light is the life is always working anywhere the person is, even if it is where Satan has his throne. The life is working to produce light. Don't forget the word beget. Life begets light. The life of Christ. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters here. Contact life. If you contact life, you will no longer struggle to stop a particular habit. Smoking, drinking, womanizing, doing this or doing that. Just contact life. 
you contact the catalyst. You say it, it, it quickens the rate of chemical reaction. Bah. That's, that's what it does. It quickens the mortal body. It subdues the body. It gives you a detest to, to sexual sin. It gives you a detest to pride. It gives you a detest to, to, to all kinds of wickedness. Oh, your colleagues will be calling you. Hey, come on, let's go and get money here through this means or through that means. No, 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 no. I am carrying life. And the life I am carrying is the light of men. I cannot. I cannot join you. I cannot follow you because I am carrying light. And they said to the woman, We have believed, not because of what you said to us. But we have tested it ourselves. We have touched him. We have spoken with him. And we know that he is the Messiah. The one that has come to save. Have you had a personal experience with Jesus? Have you contacted Jesus? Do you have a testimony of your salvation? Apart from membership of the church... Do you know about the invisible membership of the body of Christ? The universal church. Do you know about it? Are you among those that will be raptured, those that will be taken when the Lord Jesus will come again the second time? Are you part of the number? Are you part of the number? Like I said, we'll be praying for people, we're we'll praying for families, we're we'll praying for young people tomorrow morning in the church. But this evening again, before we take other prayers, I will want to encourage you to contact life. I want to ask you to surrender your life to Jesus. And say, Lord, here am I. I am coming to you. Give me the life that you have given to others. The life that can sustain. The life that can keep. The life that will make me to shine anywhere I am. Give me the light. Give me the light. Give me the light. As a young man, you will pray and say, God, give me the light that will help me to remember my parents who have labored for me. Give me this light. Give me the light. Remember what the Bible says in Psalm 128. It says, children are heritage. Heritage from the Lord. Heritage from the Lord. One that God has given to his parents in their youth. He said, happy is the man, blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. He will not be ashamed. He will not be ashamed when he stands with the enemies at the gates. will not be ashamed. Oh, because the children are drowned. But you know, some children will forget their parents because of waywardness. Waywardness. They can even go and take the life of their parents because of waywardness, corruption, greed. They are looking for money. They can afford to take the head of their mother, take the head of their father. Contact life, my brother. Give your life to Jesus and you see what Jesus will do in your life. Shall we stand to pray? The things I used to do, 
I do them no more. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I used to do, I do them no more. There is a great change since I knew the Lord. The place I used to go. prayer we're making this evening is a prayer for relationship with the Lord Jesus. A prayer that will say, God, God, here am I. Here am I. I am coming to you. I want to be saved. I want to be helped. I want to live your life. I want to contact life. I want to be your own. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to be your own. I want you to do something in my life. I want to be a new person. I want a changed life. I want a radical transformation in my life. I want something new. I want something new. Right where you are, I want you to begin to make this prayer. If you think that's what you need, begin to make this prayer. Lord, bring a change in my life. Lord, I want something better than what I have now. It's true that I'm going to church, but I want something better than what I have now. I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Make it your prayer. I want you to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Before I pray for you, I want you to pray for yourself. Make him your priority. Make him your priority. If you think you are serious about it, I want you to pray. If you are watching others, go ahead and watch others. Those who are serious, I want you to pray. Make Jesus your priority. I put you in front in front of my life you are all that matters you are you are all that matters how many
song. If that is your commitment. I'm saying, Lord, I put you in front, in front of my life. You are all that matters in my life. You want me to pray with you. I would like you to please come forward. I want to pray with you. This is the last night of this program. I would like to pray with you. Somebody prayed for me at my own time. When I gave my life to Christ. When I came out to be more committed to him. Is there anyone that is coming? Please sing that song again as I expect them to come. Come, I want to pray for you. In front, In front of my melody, melody you are all the matter. You are all the matter. I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus. Please come, please come. special in me whether you are standing out or you are there within the congregation I want this to be your commitment tonight Lord touch me Holy Spirit touch me touch me Lord touch me make me your own cause a revival in my life make me all that you want me to be I come to you I surrender to you I submit to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be everything to me. Be my priority. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender, Lord. Tell him to forgive your sins. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to show you mercy. And ask him to come into your life. Ask him to redirect your life. Ask him to reveal himself to you in a very special way. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Say this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. 
whether you are here or right there in the congregation, my Lord and my Father, I come to you this evening. I surrender totally to your Lordship. Take over my life as I surrender to you. Be the life in me. May the light in me shine. As I surrender to you perfectly. I break every covenant. And whatever distracts my life. I renounce and resist them today. Jesus be the Lord of my life. May your name be glorified. In your name I pray. Amen. Mighty Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. And we thank you for your children who are making this decision tonight. Thank you for the impact of the word of God in them. Thank you for that which you began to do in their lives. Thank you for that which you will continue in their lives. Thank you for the new life coming. Thank you for new position. Thank you for new great thing you have done in these lives. Because no man will snatch them from your hand. And because you have called them, you have drawn them to yourself. No man will be able to snatch them from your hand. Uphold them, O Lord our God, and fight their battles. May they continue consistently in following you. Until your second return. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please, we would like to follow him. Because I'm interested in you, want to get, want to get your names, please. Now, we're going to pray. We're going to make a prayer of commitment for yourself. We are simply going to ask the Lord to help you to continue to serve him. I would like you to just raise your right hand up. I want you to make, make it a prayer. Make it a prayer. Lord, hold me firmly. I would like to serve you to the end of my life. Lord, hold me. Lord, keep me. Lord, make me strong in the spirits. Lord, enable me. Lord, help me to overcome temptations. Make me an overcomer. Make me a victor. May my light shine in the midst of darkness. May the fire in me never be put off by sin. Help me to resist sin. To resist temptations. Give me the grace to bring others to you. Give me the grace that this year, 2022, help me to bring others to you. Help me to speak to people about you. Help me to bring people into the church. The light shines in darkness. And darkness does not comprehend it. Darkness does not overpower it. Resist every darkness around you. Every darkness in your family. Want to pray for your family. Open your mouth and say something about your family. Resist all that is working against your family. Knowingly and unknowingly. 
against the powers that have risen against your life, against your family. Resist them by the power of the light you carry. Shatter any cause existing around you. Revoke whatever is working against your life. Because you are carrying the light of Christ. Reposition your life. Reposition your family. Claim victory. Claim the victory that Jesus has purchased for us. The victory that Jesus has purchased for us. He said the light shines in darkness. There is no amount of darkness existing around you that can overpower the light that you carry. Darkness from the village. Darkness from the office. Darkness in the school. Darkness along the way. Darkness laying ambush. Darkness targeting your life. Say no to it. Resist it. Resist it. Resist it. By virtue of the light you are carrying. Resist it. You are born to succeed. You are born to be victorious. Your children shall succeed. Your family shall succeed. Resist premature deaths. Premature deaths in your family. Resist them. Say no to it. Your children will not die prematurely. You will not die prematurely. Any confession of darkness around your life, around your head, resisted by the power in the word of God. May your light overcome darkness. May the light in your family overcome darkness. Darkness in your field of study, in the classroom, in your department, in your office. May the light resist any form of darkness. Let them wait in vain that desire to kill. Let them wait in vain that desire to watch for your setback. Make positive confession. That's the final prayer making now. Positive confession concerning your life, concerning your studies, concerning your work, concerning your family. I shall succeed. We shall succeed. We shall be victorious. Because we are carrying the light of Christ in us. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Because we are carrying a light that will never be overcome by any darkness. We shall overcome. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, give you praise, Lord. Give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I give you praise. Give you praise, Lord. I give you praise. Give you praise. I give you praise. And say, me, Lord, as we pray. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray.
Let's place your right hand on your chest as you pray. Father, you have spoken to us tonight about the light that we carry. As a result of the life of Christ that we have contacted. It's a light that can never be overcome by darkness. Witches and wizards, agents of Satan, messengers of evil. The light you have injected in us, we have contacted from you. It's the one that has been exalted above the darkness of this world. So that when they look for us, they will never find us. It's a light that shatters causes raining in our lives and working against us, working against our progress. And because we have talked about this light tonight, engineered by your son Jesus, mighty father, we pray. Grant your children victory in every circumstance in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that the powers that walk around, walk against us, seeking for those to claim, seeking for those to set back. Lord, may they fail in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray that all around us will give us victory. Amen. Victory in your classrooms. Amen. Victory in your offices. Amen. Victory in your homes. Amen. Victory on the ways. Amen. Child of God, be victorious in the name of Jesus. Amen. By the reason of the light you carry, the Bible has said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. They shall not prosper because you are carrying a light that can never be overcome by any force of darkness. Be a victorious child of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. May the blood of Christ speak for you. Amen. Speak for your movements. Amen. Speak for your family. Amen. Speak for your children. Wherever they are, may this blood speak for your children. In the name of Jesus. I pray that it shall be well with you. That the hand of the Lord will rest upon you. I pray that you will not be a disappointment to the gospel. I pray that your light will continue to shine wherever God has blessed you. As his finger rests upon your life, this light will never be put off. Not even by any principality or any power. Or any agent of darkness, may your light overcome always in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, may your servants be blessed. May their families be blessed. May they be prospered in the work they are doing. May they be promoted. May they be exalted in the place of service. May those who have worked hard and labored, may they see the fruit of their labor. The Bible says, Tell the righteous, it shall be well with him. And it shall be well with the righteous. That you shall eat the fruit of your labor. You will not labor for another man to enjoy the fruit. You shall enjoy your fruit in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord uphold you. May the Lord lift you up. For your sake may the Lord shame the devil. And all his agents. For your sake may the Lord fight the battles for you. And give you victory all the days of your life. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah.